You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I want to kick this show off and I want to put two points out there that are irrefutable that I want every White Sox fan within the sound of my voice to hear, comprehend, understand, and then move on from because I never want to talk about it again. First off, Nick Madrigal is not coming back. James Fox already said that. No. He's been on this show. Like over a month ago, he came back. He came on and he said it, Ed. He said they don't like him. No. They don't want him. No. He's not coming back. No, no, no. The other thing that I want everybody to get through their heads right now, the Marlins are not trading Jazz Chisholm. No. (laughs) No, no, no. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it with Jazz Chisholm. Stop it. Just stop. Stop, stop, stop. Like if you're if you're writing an article, Ed, about Jazz Chisholm, stop it. You either don't cover this team very well, you're looking for clicks, or you've plum run out of ideas for the offseason, and you should call it like a vacation until pitchers and catchers report. You that's it. You're done. Your offseason has ended. Don't don't write anything about it. Don't don't mention it. Don't put polls up about it. It isn't happening. No, it was never happening. Look, it's gonna happen on my MLB the show game, right? Like in my video game, I'm gonna do it. I have oh, him yeah. on my fantasy baseball team, and I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do now because he's going to be a center fielder. So I only have him eligible in my dynasty league for one more year at second base, and then likely he won't be my second baseman. So I have to figure out a long-term plan. But that's the only way to jazz Chisholm is entering my world. Well, it, it, it goes back to last year, okay, with Jazz Chisholm. And, and this is why stop it, stop it, stop. Just stop with Jazz Chisholm. He's one of the best players on the Marlins, okay? He is one of their best offensive weapons. And yes, they signed Gene Segura, but they signed him to be a third baseman because he's an upgrade for them at third base. And his range is down, so he's not playing middle infield, something we talked about multiple times this year. He was never going to be a middle infielder. Never, ever, ever, ever going to be a middle infielder this year. Yes, they traded for Luis Arias, but that's because they got the reigning AL batting champion and they have a surplus of starting pitching so they could do stuff like that. That doesn't change the fact that Jazz Chisholm remains one of their best offensive players. If you're gonna sit here and propose trades or say that this is a trade target for the White Sox, do yourself a favor and look up the Miami Marlins roster before you start writing about it or before you start thinking about it. Yes, they signed and traded for a couple of second basemen, But that means they're moving Chisholm around. That means they're moving him somewhere else on the diamond because they're improving themselves. They currently do not have much at shortstop where Jazz Chisholm is capable of playing because he's fighting right now with Joey Wendell and John Birdie. And if you don't recognize those names, it's because they're not very good players. He is also fighting for outfield spots, potentially with J.J. Blade, who sucks. Jesus Sanchez, who has not arrived, and Brian De La Cruz, who was actually pretty good last year. And then other luminaries like Peyton Burdick and whatever's left of Avisail Garcia. So this is one of their premium players. They're not going to give him up for cheap. They are not going to give him up for anything that the White Sox could offer up. I mean, you and I were drunk the other night, 
and decided that somehow Norie Vera and Yolki Cespedes would do it. And then as soon as I sobered up, I'm like, why are they trading for a, a starting pitching prospect that's worse than anything that they have in their system to offer up right now? They're not doing that. Like, what were we thinking? We were thinking with whiskey and beer is what we were thinking with. So if you're doing that, stop doing that too. If you're going to make trades, don't do it drunk. We've, we've learned that in fantasy baseball as well. And the other thing too is, is you just, you cannot assume that just because a young second baseman makes sense for the White Sox. And because he is among the best young second baseman out there, that your team has the ability or the means or the desire to go and gut themselves to go get this one player. It's just not feasible. The White Sox have the 28th ranked farm system right now, which means they have nothing to offer of any value to anybody else unless they're trying to give a player away. Right. If the Marlins are moving on from Jazz... There are other teams that are giving him, more, giving them more, way more, and, and and that want him just as badly as the White Sox would want him. It's it's a pipe dream floating in outer space, surrounded by a rainbow, going into a black hole. It's it's not. I don't even know why we talk about it. It's crazy to me. But I mean, it's if anything, it at least quiets down the bring back Nick Madrigal talk, which is equally stupid. And that's not what they're going to do, folks. This is the team. This is the team. They're having a competition at second base. Chris Getz is talking this week. You know, he's in charge of player development. He's down there in the minors. He's overseeing everything. He's sitting here talking this week about how he one time rose to the major leagues because of a spring training battle. Everything they're saying is telling you that's what this is. There is not a second baseman walking in the door. We wanted one. It's not coming. So one, the team isn't looking to do it. And two, you're not getting Jazz Chisholm. So just Please do me a favor, knock it off, okay? We can all have a good laugh about this at Cork and Carry at the park on opening day or any of the games that you go out to this year. It is your place, pregame, postgame, in-game for White Sox viewing. Uh, you bring the whole family there before the game. I do it. I bring the kids in there. Uh, there's great food, two-for-one burgers, award-winning burgers on Mondays, non-Sox home games, and the atmosphere during a home game is second to none. Indoor-outdoor seating on beautiful days. All the windows open up in the place. Uh, big, beautiful bar. Great selection. They continue to up their game, too, with craft beers on that line. They got a ton of taps in there. Definitely make sure you check them out in the shadow of the ballpark at 33rd and Princeton, the official sponsors of Socks in the Basement. See more at corkandcarry.com. Okay, Aloy Jimenez. Is, he, is Aloy Jimenez playing second base for the White Sox next year? Is that what's going on? No, but you know what? White Sox fans talking about Jazz Chisholm being acquired are just as bad as Mets fans last week saying that Aloy Jimenez is coming to their team, right? For James McCann before right. they traded him to the <laughs> Orioles, you. right? So, I mean, like, this is this is... It's on that same level. But no, Aloy talked to some of the members of the press on Monday. Scott Merck has been on the show a, a million times. We love Merck. Uh, writes for MLB.com and covering the team for decades. And I'm going to just take the quotes as Merck put them up on Twitter because this, this really opens up a great question for the show today. Here's Aloy Jimenez talking to the press on Monday. Quote, last year when I was DHing more than playing the outfield, it was because I got surgery. And I understand that. But this year, I've been really working hard to play the outfield more than DH. So I don't really think that I'm going to accept it. Because if I'm working hard, I'm going to get better. And I want to play in the outfield. I'm really worried that the White Sox are lying to Aloya Menes. 
That's I think that's what my concern is when I read that quote, because that could blow up in their face because, yeah, Aloya Menez is not an outfielder, at least not a starting outfielder on this team. You replaced his position left field, the only position I've ever seen him play in a White Sox uniform with a five year, 75 million biggest contract in White Sox history, which is still sad every time I say it. And you gave it to Andrew Benintendi. He's the left fielder. Luis Roberts, the center fielder, and he could never field that position in the first place. So the only other option is in right, and everything I'm hearing from the manager to the GM, everybody out of the organization, is that Oscar Colas is getting every opportunity to get that position because that's the guy they want to be in right field. They want that in right field, not only for defense, but what he could bring at the bottom part of your order with that power, even though he's going to have a lot of strikeouts, that power that he's going to bring to your team. So that doesn't leave any more outfield positions for Aloy Jimenez. So are they lying to him? Are are they telling him, yeah, you got a shot when he really doesn't? Because I look at this and say, where do you have a shot, Aloy? Where are you playing the outfield? Well, and and it could be that. It could be that they're, they're sitting there saying, hey, we'll give you a chance in spring training. Show us how hard you've been working and everything. And we'll work you into a rotation. It's possible that that is part of the plan is to sit there and say, you know, we are going to have Oscar Colas play center field some for us and move Benintendi around and have Luis Robert take some days off from the field on, you know, in parks where we can get away with it because he's had a number of, of injuries where he's just been running and, and pulled something, strained something, whatever. So maybe they're looking at that and saying, hey, if we keep Luis Robert a little, you know, a, a little more rested, that's a good thing for us, which, you know, you don't need to do that usually with guys who are in their 20s. But it, so it's possible that there's that. And it is also possible that Aloy Jimenez is just sitting there saying, I won't accept it. He may know that Pedro has every intention of making him the full-time DH, and he may just be sitting there going, no, I'm walking into spring training and I'm telling them, I'm forcing them to give me an outfield spot because that's where I want to be. I, I'm forcing the issue because I'm going to get that much better. And I hope it's that. No, no, I don't want that. I don't want that because then he's going to be injured. Then he's going to go hurt himself in spring training, diving for a ball in a meaningless game because he's trying to prove he's the left fielder or the right fielder. Oh, I know. I mean, I hope it's his bravado. I hope he doesn't get a chance at it, right? I I hope he's sitting there saying, I know they're saying I'm going to be the DH, but I'm going to show them. And then Pedro's going to sit there and go, no, you're not. You're not going to show me anything. You're going to be the DH. Just please sit down. Maybe he's the fourth outfielder. Like, I mean, I think that really answers a lot of questions because I think that I've heard Pedro say, uh, you know what, here's what we're going to do. He's going to get out there every once in a while. You're going to see him sometimes in right field. We're going to work him in in that position as well as left field. So uh, when we're talking about why don't the White Sox have a clear fourth outfielder, the answer may just be Aloy Jimenez is the fourth outfielder. He's the first guy in when Benintendi needs a night off in left. He's the first guy in. When Colas, who I assume is going to be the right fielder, needs a day off in right. And when Robert needs a day off in center, Colas is going to move over to center. And and then you can keep a guy like Billy Hamilton on for speed and late inning defense or whatever else you want to use him for. But I don't think he's going to be the first choice to go stand out there all the time. Maybe their plan is that Aloy gets in two games a week. You know, maybe he is out there three games a week. I, I don't know. To me, though, when I hear them talking about, yeah, we're going to try him out in these other positions, they could be just placating him. They should, they could be making him feel better because he really doesn't want to be a designated hitter, and that disappoints him, so you got to keep him happy, right? But I think they are going to send him out there. I, I want to say that 
Merck was the one that came on the show and said, don't be surprised if he's not out there a couple times a week. So, I mean, we're taking the quote that he gave to Scott Merkin. I think it's I think it's something that's pretty obvious to me now as I'm trying to get a picture of what's really going on. I mean, you can, you can have as a fan what you want to have happen. But when you really start reading between the lines and all these quotes and start putting things together that are leaked out from this organization from one source or another over a couple of months, it's become very clear to me he's the fourth outfielder. That's why the offseason went the way it did, because their plan is we still are going to put him out there a couple days a week, it's going to keep him happy. We know we don't want him out there all the time, and that's how the roster is going to be constructed. And and by doing that, that also may open up a spot for a guy like Gavin Sheets or a guy like Jake Berger to be on the bench because they move into the DH role when Aloy on those couple of days is sitting out in the outfield. They also have, I mean, if you think about Gavin Sheets as a potential starting outfielder too, because he has been the past couple of years, they really have five guys to cover three outfield spots then. I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, the way I'm reading it, it doesn't sound like they plan on using Sheets in the outfield as much this year. Well, I, I don't think they're going to use him as much. He's not a starter anymore. He's he's not a starter on this team anymore, but I think he's part of the rotation too. You're talking about the need for a fourth outfielder between Aloy Jimenez, Gavin Sheets, and a guy like Billy Hamilton as bench guys or as your starting DH or as part of a rotation you don't need Adam Engel anymore. You don't need that one guy that can play all three positions. But I think I think Sheets at the end of the year, my bold prediction would be that between the position of first base, DH, and outfield, that he will have more games DHing or at first base filling in for Vaughn than he's going to have actually starting a game in a corner outfield position this year. I don't think that's the plan at all. Well, yeah, Sheets won't spend a lot of time in the outfield, assuming Aloy Jimenez doesn't kill himself in spring training. If Aloy Jimenez does play an awful lot of outfield, he will likely be injured. And if you've suffered an injury and you can't get around in your house, you may want to go check out High at home medical equipment. They have the latest in medical technology. So if Aloy does something silly and uh, stretches out for something in spring training because he needs to prove to everybody he's really an outfielder and now he can't move around the house very well, High at home medical equipment could equip his home. They can give him like a, a nap and that opens and closes doors for him. And they can give him a specialized bed and like a little chair that can bring him from the first floor to the second floor. And this is why he can't be in the outfield, Ed. Because this is what I'm thinking of now as I'm doing this read. Well, (laughs) don't. At least we got him covered. Right. I mean, this is really equipment that shouldn't be used for Aloy Jimenez. It should be if mom or dad are trying to stay out of assisted living, grandma or grandpa. You can make the house safer for them. Keep them in their home. That is the most important thing. They'll work with your insurance. And if you mention socks in the basement, you get additional money off. Check out all they have to offer at HHME.com or stop in and see them today in Evergreen Park at 3518 West 95th Street. Well, there is one bit of good news between Sheets, Jimenez, Colas, Robert, Benintendi, Billy Hamilton. Larry Garcia does not have a spot in the outfield, right? Yeah, you can't put him out there anymore. And maybe that's what they finally realize. And you hope that there's just never a chance to put him out in the outfield. Like I could see that they put him out there because they did something weird in a late inning and they need to throw a body out there. Oh, yeah, you get that extra inning game thing where everyone's shuffled in and out and like you've you've used guys off the bench and he needs to play somewhere. Right, but I, I think one of the... The funnier quotes that I keep seeing, and I've seen multiple people put it out there and either comes from Grafol or it comes from uh, Han or anybody in the White Sox when they're talking about the second base thing, is that it's basically assumed it's Lennon Sosa versus Romy Gonzalez. 
and that Lurie could be in that, but they really look at him as somebody who brings them value by being able to move all over the field. And we've talked about this before. Like, you could technically put me at every position on the 16-inch softball field. I would play them poorly. Like, I can't run in the outfield anymore at 45 years old for my team. I'm really not going to be able to cover a shortstop. Like, when I was 25, I could, but now I'm more second base. In fact, I don't even know if I'm that good anymore at third because my arm is going. Like, I'm not as strong as I was when I was younger. So, basically, I'm a second baseman catcher. Like, I moved into that part of my old man 16-inch softball career, and I accept it. Putting Larry Garcia in most positions on this team, that's that's trying to put me in, like, a, a position other than the two that I just described. He, you can put him there, but he's a defensive liability when he's there. It's almost like we keep trying to come up with a, for a reason for his existence because you're stuck with two more years of him. And I don't know where he ends up going because there isn't room in the outfield. And one of those guys is winning that second base job. So essentially what he is, is he's the backup infielder that you're going to see a couple times a week hacking it up over at third base or hacking it up over at short when T.A. isn't there or or making a boneheaded play at second base because he's not a very good defender, even in the infield. But I, that's all Area Garcia ever was, really, right? Was just a guy that was just good enough to put out there in the hopes that if it was routine stuff, he could cover it and ideally not make a boneheaded play. But move all over the infield, spell guys, be that extra inning or late inning replacement if you needed to switch things up, which doesn't need to happen as much anymore because when you're playing in a National League park, you don't need to do double switches and things. So he's an injury replacement. He's a fallback option, which is great. He's too expensive for that, and and I think as fans, we probably need to just get over the fact that they overpaid him. I mean, it's it's you know it, it, whatever the contract is, it is. But I don't care what they paid him. For- I, I hate the fact that the team can't admit that they're wrong and get rid of him because then you have to eat the money. Like if they would have given him a couple million dollars and paid him just two million dollars a year for a couple years, or they would have given him what he was worth, whatever that ends up being, then he wouldn't be on the team this year. He'd have been DFA last year. That's the problem. The problem with his money is not that I'm upset that Jerry Reinsdorf is giving out bad money. Who cares about him? The problem with the contract is he's still on my team because the general manager cannot have egg on his face, so we continue to trot him out there. And that's the problem because you know what? Lennon Sosa and Romy Gonzalez, whichever one doesn't win second base, the other one should be up here being the utility guy, not Larry Garcia. Yeah, well, and that's the problem, right? That's that's the crux of this too is, is that you're sitting there going, Larry is a utility guy, and, and here's your hope. Here's your one little little teensy-weensy bit of hope, okay, is that somewhere along the line in spring training that some team that needs a guy that has that versatility and does not care about the contract, is willing to eat some of the money, is willing to send a player to be named later or uh, you know cash considerations or something to pick up Larry Garcia and leave it to Lennon Sosa and Romy Gonzalez to have that you know, have that role or that some other, you know, somebody else, Eric Gonzalez, you know, signed in a minor league contract that he comes up and just does it because he's a better defensive player or something. So you you have, there's always hope, but yeah, you're right. I, you know, the problem is, is that even as, even as the last guy on the bench, the fact that Larry Garcia seems untouchable is a bit of a problem because there are, there should be guys that is a role that should go to somebody who you think you project could be better off in the future unless your plan for Romy or Lennon, whoever loses it 
is to sit there and say, you're going back down, you're going to play every day, and you're going to be ready to be a starter, or we're going to plan on you you know, covering a couple of different positions because we're waiting for when you need to come up and be the starter during an injury because inevitably there will be something where TA is going to tweak something, Moncada could tweak something, you know, Sosa or Gonzalez, whoever wins that battle could tweak something. You know, there's always that. You never want catastrophic Danny Mendick-like injuries, but you know that at some point during the year, there's going to be a 10-day IL stint for somebody in the infield. And so you want Romy to be ready or want Lennon to be ready. Because you don't want – the last thing this team needs and last thing as fans we want to see is Larry Garcia starting every day for a spell because somebody's hurt. I want to get into the injury thing because I saw the first hype video, or at least it's the most recent one, but I, I feel like it's the first hype video of the of the spring training. We're about to get the camp, get ready. This is our team from the White mm. Sox account on Monday. And yeah. I think it's very telling about their message to fans. And and you got to ask yourself, do you, do you believe it? Do you buy it? Does it get you excited? Because, you know, hype videos get me all the time. Like a hype video can oh, yeah. convince me that I'm wrong about Larry Garcia. Just keep showing me that game three home say, run against give me, the Astros. Give me some pumped up music. Larry right. taking swings. Yeah. You know, fans cheering behind him. Benetti saying something about him. And you forget that those are like the four things that he did right. Right. Get that Pirates of the Caribbean music going. Dun, 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 dun. I'll follow you anywhere. Okay. I'm, right. I'm, I'm there. Right. We had a suggestion for the $1,000 guest bounty that somebody wanted me to bring my dad back on because he enjoys listening to my father talk about being a, a Sox fan of that generation. And while we may bring dad back on, $1,000 guest bounty has to be a brand new guest. It's got to be somebody that's never been on here before. So I think it's a great right. suggestion. But I think, honestly, if my father won the $1,000 guest bounty, everybody would think that I just kept the grand for myself. So please. It's uh, possible. Good, good ideas. But I think that I would, I'd look bad if I did it. Meanwhile, Dan and I are going out tonight. He, he hit me up. My, my son is uh, playing in a big hockey game uh, for the uh, Brother Ice JV team. And they're they're trying uh, to squeak into the the final tournament for the uh, Catholic League. And they're on the cusp. They they should get in. They got to win a big one. So he's like, let's go to the game. We'll watch him play. And then you let him go home with his mother, and you come out in my car, and uh, we'll go drinking. So we may be at Hailstorm. I think that that might be the actual thing. Oh, that's right? a good spot to go. Yeah, I might, I might be heading over there. He likes that place because he he's found a beer over there, uh, Hotel Life, which is like a American lager, 4.7%. He's a Miller Lite drinker. That's basically what he's always been. Like when he gets fancy, he has an Amstel and he thinks he's highfalutin or he has himself right. a Stella. Like that's his, that's his thing. Uh, but he loves that beer over there. They've got a great selection. They've got stouts for me. I love the barrel-aged stuff, and I'm getting back into IPAs again. I feel like I'm I'm a seasonal person. Whenever I go from one month to another, I kind of pick a different style of beer, and there's plenty of them on the menu there. Located in Tinley Park at 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue. It's like a big beer hall with a working brewery and a tap room, and it's wide open floor plan. Great food there, live music on the weekends, trivia nights, fun events. See everything they have to offer and visit them in Tinley today, hailstormbrewing.com. The White Sox put out a hype video, and I don't want to play the hype video, right? right? But I want to kind of go through what it shows. It shows Yasmani Grandal throwing around medicine balls. It also, it's him saying, we got to be better next year. We can't let that happen again. Then there's like somebody talking about Dylan Cease being snubbed for the All-Star game. And Dylan Cease talking about how he has to work harder. Dylan, you weren't the problem. I know in the hype video, 
They got to give us something right there in the middle where we're like, yeah, Cease is awesome. That's right. We right. were snubbed. That had nothing to do with how bad your team was last year, but that's how you make a hype video. Then they go to Oscar Colas. Like right now, they're trying to tell you Loya Menez plans on playing right field more than DH, but their hype video doesn't have a Loya in it. It's got Oscar Colas in street clothes, swinging baseball bats, talking about how he plans on being there the whole year. So think about the two messages on Monday, right? The, the, the corporation over at NBC Sports is tweeting out how he's Aloy plans on being in right field more than DH, but the team is actually putting out a hype video saying it's going to be Oscar Colas in right field. Like, I believe the hype video, actually, to be honest with you. That's, that's oh, the yeah, one I I'm looking the, at. I think the hype video is where the truth is. Hype video is yeah. where the truth is, right? Okay, and then it, it gets to, who was, oh, Luis Robert doing exercises and essentially saying, I'm doing things this offseason to prepare that I've never done before so that I can stay healthy all year long. That's the video. One, my main concern is, did Luis Robert never lift a weight? Like, what, what was the plan <laughs> well, with Luis Robert over the last couple of years? Because that is just mind-boggling to me. But two, I have to ask you, when you see, see that or at least hear about it here on the show, does that move the needle for you? Does that make you say, oh, well, they're finally doing things that normal athletes do, like preparing for a season? That's what the problem was. We just didn't prepare for seasons. We're going to go out and win 100 games. Do you buy that? Well, I here's the thing. I, I do... And I don't. I, I don't buy that these guys never prepared in some fashion for the season before, because that's that's just a that's a ludicrous thought. Okay, that <laughs> Lewis Robert never lifted a weight. But what I think the message that they're trying to get across since they hired Pedro Gafol is that the White Sox are going to be a team that is better prepared, that is in better condition, that is just ready to roll, and and trying to, in a way basically admit what we all saw last year, which is that the team slept walked into the season and never seemed to quite be ready to play. And so we, we know that this is a narrative that, that, you know, to the team's credit, if that's what they're leaning into, that's what they're leaning into. Also, I think they're, they're acknowledging that everybody, I mean, I was watching MLB network the other night and everybody was saying every, you know, that the white Sox go as far as their health will let them. Right. And that's, that's just sort of the universal feeling about this team is they're looking at internal improvement, but basically they're looking at staying healthy and being prepared and being matchup driven and knowing what they're going into and being ready to play every day. So if that's the narrative, okay, then the hype video, I'm fine with it. I just, you know, I, I think what you look at though is do you really think that it's just something where we're trying to say, don't worry about Yasmani Grandal because look at the, he's in the best shape of his life going into spring training. We always hear that stuff, right? Don't worry about Luis Roberts' chronic injury history because we've altered his routine to make him better prepared for the rigors of this. And, and that is something that I don't think that the White Sox can hype up or count on because Yasmani Grandal's an old catcher. And you were talking at the beginning of the show about how you can't move around the, the softball field anymore because of your age and because you can't, you don't have the quickness to cover shortstop, you don't have the arm to cover third, you can't run in the outfield like you once did. Well, that happens to catchers, okay? Yes, Monty Grandal, if he's going to have a back problem, if he's going to have knee problems still, if he's going to tweak stuff, it's because he's in his mid-30s and he's been squatting behind a plate for a very long time in his life. Luis Robert, you know, if he's just somebody that is going to have tweaks and, and pulls and stuff like that because he's going all out or whatever the situation is, it's going to happen. But, I mean, also, 
you can't predict away whether or not someone's going to get hurt. So I don't like the tenor of it in that way. The Dylan Cease thing, I would absolutely fully expect that because at some point and on some level, you need to have that we were robbed, it's us against the world rallying cry. And you can't really do that with the White Sox who say, we were disrespected last year because you disrespected yourself, boys. You didn't show up for the season and the Guardians called you out on it at the end of the year and you looked ridiculous. So your only real like us against the world moment, and you can't even really say that Dylan Cease was snubbed for the Cy Young because Justin Verlander was insane last year. So yeah, Dylan Cease not making the All-Star game, that's about the only snub that the White Sox can hold on to. And so if they're going to go the us against the world, we're getting prepared. Look at what we're doing. We're getting ready. Huh? Hype it up. Uh, that's fine. You know, for right now. At the very end, your new manager sits there, looks into the screen, and they use one of his quotes where he says, and we're going to earn your trust. It's a great hype video. Bravo to the White Sox organization or whoever was behind the hype video. That's how a hype video should be done, especially at this point in the year. Great. Took your new manager. It's an organic thing, and we're we're gonna we're gonna build around that whole thing, right? We're gonna lean into the criticisms of your team. Your only problem is this: in the in the process of trying to earn my trust, you canceled your fan festival because you couldn't face your fans. You got a little bit more work to do than a hype video. Oh yeah, I, I, look, I love a good hype video just like anybody else, <laughs> but I want to be able to boo them like the Red Sox fans booed their front office. Right? Like, I mean, like, that was the thing. Like, the Red Sox got booed off the stage, but you know what? They had the stones to show up and get booed. Good for them. Okay? You want to earn my trust? Stop hiding. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.